that's fucking football right there. None of that pansyastic tugging smile for the camera bullshit. Men puke, men poop on the field, men deliver their newborn baby on the sidelines. We win together we celebrate together. Football is back baby. Hey fellas, welcome back to another episode of the Goalpost Gambling Podcast. I'm Nick V here with Big Money Justin. Justin, are you ready for yet another slobber knocker of a Thursday night game? I'm about as ready as I can be. This one is a, a real heavyweight tilt. This is this is uh one of the um higher weight classes we've seen so far in the league. Last week, uh, last week was pretty um, unimpressive. I feel like you were unimpressed. I was unimpressed. Well, the NFL me. wasn't good enough for you. The NFL was not good enough. For the, the the guy running on the field, the pink smoke, wasn't good enough for you. Uh, Bobby Wagner laid the toughest hit of the week he on did. a non NFL player. He did. He got, he got he got the the wood laid on him by Bobby Bobby Wagner, and he burned himself in the face with the smoke. All to that's, raise that's awareness tough. about uh, pigs that were stolen. I what is what is the full story on that? Do you know? No, I, I just know that he was trying to raise awareness for um, pigs that were theft away from a factory farm. Um, yeah, I don't know much more than that. I just know that he's filing a police report on Bobby, Bobby Wagner, which I mean, I know I I, I, I I mean, he's got to feel lucky he's not in jail. Yeah, I mean honestly, but I mean I feel like if you're going on the fo- football field, I mean you, everyone knows you're not allowed to do that. They're, they're trying to play a game. These are professionals. There's millions of dollars on the line. If you run on the field like that with pink smoke, you know we got something that he I mean, he burned himself with. I mean, how do the players know that's not a weapon? I mean, exactly. they could they could have been burnt. I mean, so I mean, I think it's fair game. I feel like Bobby Wagner is is a hero for doing that. So, um, well, hero. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if they were explosives or something crazy, and you never know. But it seems like this is becoming a weird trend in sports. Is this kind of faux activism? We saw this with the Timberwolves in the NBA uh, last year during the playoffs. Fans <laughs> taping, gluing themselves to the fucking court and the goalpost. Uh, crazy yeah just to to try to say something about the owner's investments in um unethical unethical farms or whatever it was Correct. similar similar topic yeah every other Timberwolves game some some crazy shit happens but it's weird because it's like major sports pro sports in the u.s right now are such pinnacles of attention and so you do something there and then suddenly it's trending so i mean i get that this is a great arena to get some views on but it, it's just becoming weird and you have to think the nfl the nba are going to do something about this yeah i mean it, it's it's tough i mean they, they got security to the teeth but somehow some way i don't know how these guys find their way on the field but it happens i mean, I mean you see what happens when you know a team wins a big college game and all of a sudden there's fifty thousand students yeah on the but field. i feel like that's kind of encouraged that's part of the experience yeah i mean but point being that i mean somehow these guys find, find a way to get on, on the on the field like you don't see court. like you know ecu is up by 10 with a minute left against state or whatever it is that didn't happen i don't think they pulled that off but if they did you know you wouldn't see the campus security guards in riot gear waiting at the gates like you know i mean they can stop they, if they wanted to yeah, they, that many they people. kind of they kind of know and they kind of let it go. I mean, they couldn't stop him if they wanted to with that many people. Sure, sure. But I mean, it, it is interesting because, I mean, like, back in the day, 
you know, you'd have a certain... back in the day, back when Big Money Justin was young. Yeah, but back in back in my time, Big Money know, Lad. There was, you know, a, a you know popular show or a sitcom would come on, and like everyone everyone would watch it like at the same time because the premiere there wasn't DVR, there wasn't streaming or anything. Because like you know you you watch the Seinfeld that would come on at eight o'clock, and then you talk about it at work the next day. You know, doesn't doesn't really exist anymore with streaming. However, sports sports is like the last kind of thing left that has everyone watching the same thing simultaneously at the same time Be- because it's it's live and and it's sports so people want to want to watch it as it's happening and NFL the ratings just keep going up and up every single year so yeah i mean for if you're trying to protest or get eyes viewed on something the NFL is just such a juggernaut right now as far as viewership and people watching at the same time but that's what makes sports gambling so fun in my opinion is having some skin in the game getting to participate kind of in an interactive way and you're watching it with 500,000 people that all have money on this this game in one way or another and then you go on Twitter and, and we have a great time on Twitter talking to people and you know posting about the games and, and updating and looking at what's happening with the fans so it, it is really cool especially with the gambling to have that kind of skin in it and to be a part of it one way or another so it's uh it's an interesting thing but like you said you know nobody's nobody's really i mean i guess some people some people with facebook are maybe still watching sitcoms i don't know i got seinfeld plus 500 i mean i mean we got i mean the nfl sometimes does feel like a a sitcom and i mean you know the the current current storyline right now is uh we got a quarterback who's going through a divorce and he has a he's a uh it hurt rotator cuff, so it's don't it's, it's, don't uh, speak on his divorce. Don't don't don't, don't speak, speak on, on it. it. Oh, no, let that let that man think, be. You think he's listening? Let that man be. You think he's listening right now to the Goldpost Gambling Podcast? Oh, hey, you know, if I wanted time away from the wife, yeah, I would I would tune in to hear some some goalposting. Okay, let's recap uh, last week's games. Thursday night game, Bengals and Dolphins. Were you on the uh, Bengals here? They went twenty-seven to fifteen. No, I, I was on the Dolphins. I I felt like the the Dolphins, um, even if Tua didn't play, I, I felt good about the Dolphins. Tua didn't end up playing, and then he didn't end up playing. But I think you saw the Bridgewater Dolphins are still able to move the ball pretty effectively. Uh, they they do a really great job of finding their, a way to get the receivers just like wide open, just like wide wide open. I don't know how because everyone knows how elite these these players are. But I really thought that the Dolphins would, would, would play a little bit better. This game was closer than the score would indicate. Uh, they had a chance to, to, to take this lead late in the game, and Bridgewater un, unfortunately threw an interception that gave the game away to the Bengals to score a touchdown and, and end up covering the spread. Yeah, this was just a weird one to bet with the player props. Not knowing if two was going to be there made that really tough. And then the game line, of course, the Bengals win. They seem more cohesive. Of course, the game plan with... Burrow's status not in question was more solidified than Miami's I think the Bengals really needed this win the Dolphins were already good and they're still sitting pretty well with a 3-1 record Bengals really desperately needed this one though to keep pace in their division with Baltimore and Cleveland's not looking too bad either they still have enough pieces to make it work without Watson in, in place so good win for the Bengals here Sunday's games we had the London the London game Vikings at Saints. Saints lose on a horrible double doinker. 
You were on the Vikings though, and they covered the spread, didn't they? Uh, they they actually pushed on this. They they actually had to miss PAT, mm. and 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 the the kicker Greg Joseph. I mean, well, but wait, wait, wait. Wasn't the line lower originally? Uh, it started at two and a half, but didn't, that two and a half did not last last very long. But if you got it, you cashed on that. Yeah, if you got it, sure. you, yeah, you feel you feel great, but. I mean, I mean, so a lot of games end on three points, you know. So I mean, if you can buy half a point and get it down to two and a half, or buy a point up and get perfect example, and buy a point up and get it up to to three and a half, if you're if you're doing if you're doing the 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 plus, I mean, it's it's it might be worth it because so many games end end on on three points, and this was another one. The Vikings had a chance to to potentially win this game by four. I think the miss PAT really really affected that. But they, they win the game either way. They're not going to care too much about that. And their kicker made five field goals in this game. The Vikings, to me, really outplayed the Saints the entire game. Uh, the, the Saints offense... In can, London. Yeah. The Saints offense continued to struggle, even with Andy Dalton at the helm. You know, there, there was a fump. They fumbled the kick return before halftime. And there's so many opportunities the Vikings got in the red zone. I'll tell and you, And just though, couldn't cash in. I That's, like Dalton better than Winston at this point. I really do. I think Dalton might have some juice left, and we got some great wide receivers in New Orleans, and they need someone to get them the ball, and, and Winston is just not reliable. Um, so I, I kind of like Dalton better in that spot. That division, though, looks really ragged. I mean, Tampa Bay looks like they're the class of it, but everyone's kind of keeping pace, and it's not really good. The NFC South might be the new NFC uh, NFC East. Falcons win though they're two and two and so they're right in the thick of things even with Marcus Mariota at the helm they win 23 to 20 over the Browns Browns were favored on the road they lose that one were you on the Falcons to win there were you a Mariota doubter no I mean I, I didn't I didn't I didn't play this game but I, I thought it was a it was a tough game to, to call because the, the Falcons have played in a lot of close games. I feel like they're a little better than maybe people give them credit for. The Browns have been in so many close games, and the Falcons. I mean, they run the spread offense, and it doesn't look flashy, and it's not it's not pretty. And, and Marcus Mariota doesn't throw many completions, but they're effective. And Cordell Patterson, unfortunately, on the IR, but they yeah, were they still, need him. They were still able to do it even even without him. So I mean, and Patterson was incredibly impressive. That switch from receiver running back. I mean, he he's mm-hmm. really he's really really flourished. But um. They were able to clutch out against the Browns. I, I thought that'd be a close game, and it was. I mean, the Falcons all of a sudden, uh, they're two and two. Yep, Falcons get it done. You're absolutely right. Team that does not get it done, Washington Commanders and that offensive line. This has been atrocious, hasn't it? This is week after week of Carson Wentz. Absolutely. I, I mean, I hope he has a good life insurance policy. He is getting killed out there, day in and day out. Yeah, the Commanders are the most dysfunctional organization in sports right now, and I think that Carson Wentz behind that line is just like a statue. He is just a statue waiting to be teed off by the, by the, these defensive lines, and I think that this offensive line really wasn't great last year either. It's kind of some of the same guys, but Heineke is like a foot shorter than, than Wentz, and he's more elusive, so I think Heineke actually covered up how bad his O-line was and how bad the coaching is last year because of his elusiveness. But this commander's offensive line is just getting teed off on, and they can't find a way to, to move the ball. Their defense is predictable. I mean, I think we witnessed the worst team in the NFL in Dallas, Texas, uh, Texas last week. Yeah, and they looked like they had a decent running back, unfortunately. Still gone. 
rehabbing his his uh, horrible gunshot injury. Just just activated. Just activated. Yep. Okay. He could potentially play uh, this weekend's Titans. If not, probably Thursday. Then they, say, they a, say he looks good. That might be a wild card. Might have I mean, to look at his over. They they need him. They need Robinson to establish a run game because they can't throw the ball. No. We've got the uh, we had the Seahawks beating the Lions. Lions have looked good this season. They've put up points. But, of course, that defense still is not there yet. So they score 45 and let Geno Smith and the Seahawks score 48 and beat them in Detroit. So the Lions, although much hyped going into the season and looked really good on offense through four games, have only won one out of four. Are you punting on the Lions at this point? I mean, I never believed in them too much. I mean, this is kind of what I expected. I think Campbell does a really great job of rallying up the fans getting them to buy in, getting the players to buy in. I think this team really wants to win. I think they play hard. However, the defense is just not very good. Hutchinson has, has some good moves. He can rush the passer. But the defense and defensive line as a whole seems very soft. I mean, go back and watch that game. I mean, the Seahawks just did whatever they wanted. The only thing that stopped the Seahawks at some points were the penalties. But the Se- Seattle moved the ball up and down the field. Geno Smith over 70% completion percentage. Um, it's, it's remarkable the Lions find a way to keep up in these keep up in these games mm. with how their offense plays. I mean, 48-45, I don't think anybody expected this game to go 93 points. I love this for Gino, though. I really don't mind taking his overs. He's seriously disrespected, and he actually is not as bad of a quarterback as I thought he would be in this system. I mean, in some way, it's weird to think about it, but it feels like Geno Smith is keeping Pete Carroll's job intact. It's really, really strange that we've ended up in this place. On the other yeah. side of the ball, you have to love TJ Hawkinson. I think he's a huge, huge target, awesome receiver, um, just just a baller. And he's racking up yards, eight receptions for 179 yards and two touchdowns. Goff loves him in the red zone. He loves him outside of the red zone. Anywhere he can get him the ball, he does. You yeah. know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, and Jared Goff, I mean, he, he's getting it done regardless of who's on the field. I mean, and they needed Hawkinson to step up in this game with no St. Brown and no Swift. That was a big concern going into the game. The Lions' would, offense would be the same without those weapons, but Goff still able to find his receivers, move the ball. I think I think Jared Goff's season is, is getting a little bit underrated, overlooked, because the Lions losing games, but he's played very well. Tennessee comes into Indy and beats the Colts. Colts were favored in this one. God knows why. They were favored by four. They end up losing by a touchdown to the Titans, the road dog here. Titans have won their last two. Are they finding a little bit of momentum here? Is it time to stop <laughs> fading Tennessee? Oh, bless you. Thank you. Is it time to stop fading Tennessee? I got I got Titans fever. You just got Titans fever. Yeah, that's, Tighten that's up. What, that's what's going on. No, I mean, I think, I think the Titans are starting to warm up this season. I think they're playing a little more physical. And they're getting back to running the ball effectively with Derrick Henry. I mean, this this is what the Titans team is. I think they're well coached, but they're limited. If they can run the ball well with, with Derrick Henry, they'll win some games. I see them maybe as a wild card, but who knows with this division? They could very easily win, yeah. win it. You know, it, it's funny now that the Jaguars and Titans are are potentially the the favorites of, of the division. That division's gotten tougher. I I don't know if the Jags are favorites. They're kind of. I'd rank them as the worst team in the division, but I, th- well, I think maybe not the worst. I think I think it's between the Jaguars and Titans now. I don't th- I don't know if the Colts are going to be able to do it. The Texans are certainly not going to be going to be able to do it. I mean, this was a division where it was it was Colts Titans for a while back and forth, but 
But now, I mean, the Jaguars still snuck in there. I mean, this division could be won at something like 9-8. and eight. That's, that's very possible. Feels a lot like the NFC South. We'll have to keep tabs on that. If I can get points with the Titans moving forward, I, I like it. Bears and Giants. This is a, a crazy, crazy stat here. Giants favored by three. They win. They are 3-1 and one on the season now. They look great. They're very competitive in that NFC East. The Cowboys missing uh, Prescott. They're still getting it done with Cooper Rush, but Giants are right there. They're 3-1. and one. They win this game. This is the crazy thing. They win this game. Daniel Jones completes eight passes for 71 yards, and they win by eight points. Saquon Barkley, 31 carries, 146 yards. I mean, he looks... He looks as good as new. He is doing his thing and absolutely carrying them on his back. They cover the spread thanks to the ground game there. Daniel Jones has been, I guess, just managing the game. But they're winning in spite of him, without him. It's very interesting. I think what we've learned from the the New York football giants is that Brian Dable is actually a pretty smart coach. Is that it's not just... Uh, you know, coaching Josh Allen and being with the Bills that brought him success. He's actually a very smart coach, and he understands how to control the game and manage his quarterback. He he has really managed Daniel Jones, and it's and it's allowed him to win some close games. I mean, they're they're not going to blow at any teams. They haven't so far. I don't think they will. Every game, every win's going to be tough. Every game's going to be close. But they found a way to do it. I mean, I mean, and 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 Barkley. I was looking at that that over. I, I probably should have played. I had a feeling he might go off in this game. Should've he he, he really did. But Daniel Jones running the ball too has been really effective. So Dayball's found a way to make this a running offense and use Daniel Jones' best asset, which is actually his ability to run the ball. Yeah, you can't. How about how about nineteen completions? Nineteen completions combined in this game from both sides. From both sides, nineteen yeah, completions. In this and, game. and who'd you rather have, Fields or Jones? Um, Daniel Jones, but uh. um. Gosh, I, I want to remember this stat. Um, I think Justin Fields, through four games, has the lowest completion, the lowest amount of completions for a quarterback since 1977. That's when the helmets are squishy. Yeah, that's I mean, so crazy. J- Justin Fields and the Bears are playing some 70s football right now. That's crazy. That's wild. Yep. But they're two and two, so they're not. I mean, expectations were rock bottom for them, so I guess it's not, not as bad, but. He doesn't look like the quarterback of the future for them, as far as I can see. Jacksonville and Philly feels like Lawrence is solidifying himself. He may not be top 10 ever in the league in his life, but he looks like a solid starting quarterback. They lose this game by 8. Philly wins by 8. Spread was 6.5, so they cover, but the Jags were really in it up until the last minute. That final strip sack and fumble from Lawrence really was a killer after they had had some momentum both on the defensive and offensive side of the ball. Phillies 4-0, are they really that good? And are the Jags really a 2-2 two and two team? Not my favorite thing to admit, but I think the Eagles are tremendous. I think the Eagles tremendous. I think the Eagles are really really good. But I mean, what are we going to do about these second quarter Eagles? Mm. I mean, what are we going to do about the second quarter Eagles? They've scored 85 points. And the second quarter of the season, every other quarter combined, they've scored thirty. Yep. They they have just dominated in the second quarter. And I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what these opposing teams have to do if they just have to really dial in and game plan. Okay, what they're doing in the second quarter, but 
they just they have a really great way of adjusting a second quarter because the second quarter is often about about adjustments to the first quarter and the start of the game. They're doing a really great job uh, coaching and adjusting, and then once they have that lead, once they control the game, it's it's over in the second half. Um, and just the really strong mentality of this team. I, my only question about this team so far has been if they get into a deficit, if they're down by double digits like they were in this game, can they come back? Can they play from a deficit and still win? And they're able to, to do just that. So, I mean, I don't see too many weaknesses in this team. We'll see what happens if they get, you know, once they're in the playoffs, I'm sure they will make the playoffs. Once they're in the playoffs, you know, if Hurts has to throw a little bit more, does it change? But, I mean, right now, I think Philly's just such a juggernaut. They're such a tough team to play. Yeah, all eyes are going to be on him in the playoffs, but for now, it's going to be really hard for me to take them take them unless they're giving up more than seven and a half, eight points. Anything under a touchdown, I feel pretty comfortable again uh, going with against almost the entire league. Yes, this one, now, especially at home. This one was six and a half. A lot of people were like, oh, that's too many points. And it looked like that at the start, but they ended up covering by eight, so... So New York, the Jets are two and two. They get Zach Wilson back against the Steelers on the road. Zach Wilson throws two picks, and yet somehow the Jets win twenty-four to twenty. Pittsburgh looks like a train wreck, but there was a somewhat bright spot. They go to Kenny Pickett. He throws three picks, no touchdowns, hundred twenty yards on ten for thirteen. But he gives them a lot of juice, though, doesn't he? He kind of lights a spark. Yeah, I mean, I think Kenny Pickett's got to be the guy going forwards. And he didn't play as bad as his stat line shows, did he? No, I mean, the two interceptions, or one of the interceptions was the Hail Mary. We scratched that one at the end of the sure. game. Who cares? The other two were tipped. Um, they weren't great throws. He could have made better decisions, but they were tipped. It wasn't like, you know, he just like just missed or, you know, got, got baited by a cornerback. I thought he, he played with a lot more confidence and energy than Trubisky. And that's what the Steelers fans wanted. Tomlin said, said himself the reason he did that is because they felt he felt like they needed a spark, really. And, um, you know, they couldn't get into the end zone Trubisky. They could not get into the end zone Trubisky. They were able to do it twice with Kenny Pickett. One was assisted by reception, I get it. But the flow of the offense looks much better. Pickens, uh, when was he came in the game, Pickett and started getting the ball more. Yep. He, he got four receptions. Firemuth got four receptions. He was able to get the ball to his guys, and the offense looked a lot faster. And we saw what Trubisky has and can do. He's already reached the, the kind of shallow ceiling he has. And so it was time. You, you take good with the bad. He's a rookie quarterback. But I feel like this is a guy who can play, and you can develop. Uh, it was a shame that, that, that for Steelers fans, that Jets won that game because of the excitement Pickett had and the fact they had that lead. You know, they're driving down the field. They had a chance to close it out, but the interception and Zach Wilson in the fourth qu- quarter was tremendous and the game-winning touchdown. Tremendous. So the, the Jets the Jets fans are up right now. They got Zach Wilson. They're excited. They, they beat the Steelers. So shout-out to Jets fans. Enjoy it. Yeah. Joe Flacco did what he needed to, and now Wilson's back in, and they, they're they still fighting. They're at 500 right now. You hate that Pickens' debut kind of got spoiled by some of these bad tips and, and the momentum of the game. But he did give him a spark, and I love the Kenny Pickett to George Pickens connection. Pickens had that sweet catch on the sidelines where he just tiptoed, like he defied gravity and did the MJ lean. It was wild, but he he is a baller, man. And yeah. if he goes over, 
I'm pretty confident. I don't remember his line, but he had 102 yards. Oh yeah, it was like it was like, like 32. Yeah, it was th- the line was like 32 yeah. yards. But the line was predicting uh, Trubisky right. would be throwing, not him the ball. Yeah. So and Trubisky, he couldn't utilize Pickens' athleticism, his ability. I mean, there's a, there's a video of, of uh, Pickens being wide open near the sideline on a curl route and just not getting the ball and being frustrated. So now he's got his guy actually getting those shots and has confidence in him. So yeah, look out for George Pickens. If you're a Steelers fan, you hate the one and three start, but maybe you punt on this season. If Pickens is the guy going forward, next season could be pretty special. Well, well good news for Steelers fans is they they they're only uh, 14 point dogs against the Bills. Oh yeah, this week. So that's look pretty, look forward to that. That's positive momentum. Baltimore is beaten by Buffalo. Buffalo was laying three points and they win by three points, 23 to 20. Baltimore has a fine game, but not enough to overcome the Bills late. They just looked like a machine in the final two quarters. I, um, gosh, I mean, I've well, lost. Golly the, gee. Golly gee, guys. These Ravens. Oh, boy, I tell you. Oh, um, um, I have a lot of feelings about the Ravens. I think when the. The, mo- the little icon on the ESPN, when you, you go to the game and look at it, they've got, uh, they've got, um, Ryan Clark with a bow tie on. That's how you know something got fucked up. Mm, that's been. how you know something got messed oh, up in no. this game, and he's laying into someone with the bow tie. That's that's a that's a kiss of death. Sorry. One of the most incredible stat lines that I've read coming out of Week Four is that the Ravens are two and two, as everyone knows. They have trailed for a total of fourteen seconds this season. Mm. They've trailed 14 seconds the entire season, and they've lost two games. And both games can be tracked back to fourth and goal. The the quarterback sneak they did in fourth and goal against the Dolphins didn't get it. Here comes Tua. We know we know what happened in that game. And then fourth and goal at the two yard line here, the decision everyone's been debating about, talking about: Do you take the points there? Do you go for it and try to get up by seven because you know Josh Allen's on that other side? I would have taken the points personally, but if you don't, Lamar's gonna know not to throw in throw an interception and, and not just throw up a prayer like it's the end of the game. Um, I felt like Lamar needed to be under center there. He needs to run the ball or do some misdirection. Have Lamar like run out on like on an RPO or a bootleg. They need to be a little closer to the end zone than to do that that drop back pass. I, I didn't like the play call. Throw the pick. The Bills get the twenty yard line, and the Bills have struggled a little bit. When they're facing a deficit, when the pressure's been on, um, as great as Josh Allen is and the Bills are, they struggle a little bit in those pressure situations. So I think putting those three points on the board and, and making the Bills feel like, okay, this is it, would have actually been better for, for the momentum than the Bills being even game 2020. They know anything will win the game. And uh, yeah, the Ravens drop another one. But I think Lamar, in my mind, is still MVP. I think they've mismanaged the game a little bit late. But I think this team is going to bounce back. I think it'll be just fine. I think the Ravens are still one of the best teams in the NFL, despite some of the struggles they've had on defense. The Ravens, correct? Interesting. Better than the Bills. Um, I mean, they just lost them, but I mean, you, the, you can clearly see that they can outplay them. That I mean, at the very least, they can be right there with them. So I mean, I guess if you know, if you held a gun to my head, I would say the, the Bills. But I think the Ravens are still in that top tier in NFL teams. I think they have the potential to be there, but in actuality, I have not seen enough from the Ravens to tell me they're better than their record is. I mean, I think I think their I think their offense is the best right now. It's just they they've 
unfortunately thrown two games away. But I mean, I think this will smooth out. I think they're going to pile up the wins. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I mean, I don't even know if they're, you're using Lamar Jackson to his full capabilities, not having him under center. But I mean, he, he is. He he's been incredible. His offense has been incredible. I mean, look look at basically the entire game in the Bills. They were dominant. They just got to figure out a way to close games. But I mean, I think they're right there. Mm. They're they're way better than two and two. I mean, you can't tell me that that they're on the same level level of Falcons. They threw two games away, but they're an incredible sure. team. For the Bills, they needed this one, and they get it. Chargers travel to Houston, and they beat the winless Texans 34-24. to They're favored by 5.5. They cover that pretty easy. Texans are 0-3-1. Chargers improved to 2-2. I feel like the Chargers are a little better than that 2-2 record. They've just been kind of up and down, but Austin Eckler, three touchdowns. He has been an absolute beast. Do you think the Chargers are ready to put it together? I mean, I, I think they're they're trying to put it back together with with injuries they've yeah. sustained. I mean, it feels like they can never stay healthy. Nothing can go right. But they get this win. They end up covering somehow. The Texans came back uh, late in this game and almost you know got a chance to to win this one. But I think the Chargers have some weaknesses. You really don't know what you're going to get from them week to week. Um, the the game management sometimes is suspect. The Texans are. I think they're one of the worst teams, but considering what they have and the young quarterback and Mills, they've they've held their own and they've played they've played well enough to, to be in some of these games. So, mm. Cardinals and Panthers not really interested in either of these teams. Cardinals improved to two and two. Panthers fall to one and three. The Panthers were favored by a point. They lose by ten in Charlotte. Bank of American Stadium has not been so good to them this year. Baker struggled a bit. Kyler Murray, not too shabby. Kind of a lousy game, but we see we see the Cardinals win, and we see Baker not really proving what it still feels like he needs to prove. Do you think the Panthers will... Well, I want to say, do you think they'll move on from him, but I guess they really don't have another choice. I mean, yeah, when when, if, when Darnold is healthy, I mean, I think we might see Sam Darnold this, this, this season. Do you think so? Yeah, I mean, just look how Baker played in this game. Um, as much as I, I rag on Murray and like to rag on Murray, he did play very well in the second half. That's something he's done He's done this season. He's really turned it on in the second half of these games. And when he got opportunities, he cashed in in the end zone. Baker Mayfield, every time his back was, was against the wall in this game, every time they needed a drive, he just floundered. He missed throws. He kept trying to throw it over J.J. Watt. I don't know why. He, he's, a, he's a couple feet shorter than J.J. Watt. And Watt is known for swatting those, those balls away. They call him J.J. Swat back in his prime. But so many tip balls, so many bad throws, interception late in the game. He just couldn't do it. He just couldn't couldn't hang when the pressure was on. And, and this offense looks just as bad as it did last season, maybe even worse. Um, Baker Mayfield does not provide the spark that they, they wanted to. They wanted him to, expected him to, the fans wanted him to. And uh, Matt Rule... Is gonna die on this hill with Baker Mayfield because that's kind he of, needs to get out of there. He, that's what that's what happens as head coaches. You know, you have to have the relationship and and find your quarterback and and endorse them. And when they feel, you know, you only get so many opportunities, you only get so many quarterbacks under you as a coach until you go out with them. So I think this this Panthers regime might come crashing down pretty soon. A lot to do with the quarterback play for Mayfield. You you may not like this. But I'm telling you, if Matt Corral was healthy, if he wasn't injured, I'm telling you, 
Maybe you know something I don't. I, I mean, I just I just watched. He's preseason. got the. He's a. He's tough, man. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I just watched a preseason game where he completed twenty uh, percent of his passes, and it, it didn't look good. But I mean, I mean, maybe you know something I, I don't. I mean, you're you're the scout here, right? He's he's just wait, Matt Carroll, twenty twenty three. We get to see a rookie quarterback, though. Surprise appearance by a rookie quarterback. New England Bailey loses, Zappi, I, yeah. loses so to Green excited. Bay by only three points. This was one where Vegas was really hammering the Packers. They were favored by nine and a half when this game started. I mean, no one really thought that the Patriots would be competitive with Hoyer. He goes down, and we get our preseason favorite, Bailey Zappi, in there, the rookie quarterback out of Western Kentucky, and he plays pretty decent. He had a pretty decent preseason, and he had a pretty decent opening debut. It wasn't enough. They fall in overtime, but he helps get them there. And it's a, it's a pretty interesting one. I mean, it just goes to show you in the NFL, you hate laying points over a touchdown. It just really is never smart because something like this could happen. Um, and even if it doesn't, you know, once they got to overtime, there was no way they were going to cover. Most you could win by a seven. Or six, I don't know. Well, they let you kick the field goal. They let you kick the field goal, right? And what? You score it in overtime. They let you kick the field goal. Um, or they just they they walk off. It depends on. I mean, because I feel like I've seen both happen. I don't know. Oh, I mean, if it's, if it's a game-winning touchdown, then yeah, you won't kick the field goal. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Okay, too. <laughs> You've already won in overtime, and you're lining up to kick it. Go for two. Yeah. But so yeah, I, if if the difference is that if you score a touchdown with zero seconds on the clock, and, true, and regulation, that's what I'm you of. kick PAT and everyone's on the field and it's like, no, come back, we got to get the, everyone out of the locker room, we got to kick this mean, meaningless it's like PAT when the bell rings so this guy can cash out on the duel. It's like the when the bell rings and everyone has to come back in a class, or it's it's about to ring, whatever. Yeah, I hate giving up that many points. Packers obviously the better team. Anyone could have told you they were going to win. I don't think anyone predicted it would be this close. I mean, they almost didn't. But they, yeah, they almost, they almost didn't. didn't. They almost didn't here. I think. The, I think the good There's thing. Too with, many points. I think a good thing. Bleh, I think the good thing with Bailey Zappi is that he understood the assignment, and I think Belichick and, and the team they managed them well, and didn't turn the ball over. That was the biggest thing that was killing the Patriots. Mm-hmm. As we know, they have limited firepower on offense. We know they can't remove the ball like other teams, like the Packers can. But Bailey Zappi took care of the football, and that's exactly what Mac Jones didn't do. And so, you know, he gave him a chance to win this game. I I was impressed. Very well. Raiders get their first win of the season. They are minus two and a half facing the Broncos at home. Raiders at home, that is. Legion Stadium. They win by nine. Raiders get their first win of the season and cover that spread. Raiders haven't looked so good so far. This game doesn't really convince me otherwise. But how about the Broncos, man? We're about to talk about them when we get to this Thursday night game. But... What did you make of them in this game? I th- I thought the Broncos uh they they played a little better. I think both teams were able to su- sustain drives a little better. I think the big big change of the Raiders is they actually put their trust in Josh Jacobs for the first time. I mean yeah. they they didn't put all the pressure on Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs had a monster game, one forty four two touchdowns. And I mean so that's what the offense has got to do. I know they have great receivers on every level, but they got to mix in Josh Jacobs and 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 combine a passing with a run game, and, and they'll be all right. But I think the Raiders were, were better than 0-3 team. You know, they they blew that game against the Cardinals pretty badly. 
I, I thought they played better than 0-3 team, and and I, I I thought they would win this game, and, and they did. And who knows? Maybe the Raiders can make a little bit of a run. Um, I, I'm still not a huge fan, fan of the Broncos, even though they they put a little more points in this game. I'm when, still not a huge fan of them. When Russell Wilson leads your team in rush yards in a game in 2022, it's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. He leads the team with 29 rush yards. In that yeah, game. and now they lose. That's Javon- brutal. Now they lose Javante Williams. So they're gonna have to ride with uh, Melvin Gordon, who's had fumble problems. And so, I mean, I mean, I just this offense, it's it's so so at best. I mean, this this offense really struggles. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of the Broncos. I mean, their defense is great, but they, they really struggle on offense. Chiefs win against Tampa Bay. Legendary quarterback showdown here. Patrick Mahomes, every time he plays Brady, he thinks it's the last time, but it's not. Tampa Bay was favored by two. They lose by ten at home. They fall to two and two. Same record as the Falcons in that very competitive, very sloppy NFC South. Kansas City improves to three and one. They stumble one game against the Colts, and it seems like they're back on their horse here. That win by ten, they cover the spread. They were getting points. They didn't need them. Mahomes looks good. Chiefs look good. Reed is doing his thing. They got Edwards Hilaire on fire again. I mean, it's hard to bet against the Chiefs. They look like a pretty serious AFC contender. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, you know, their offense may not be exactly the same without Tyreek Hill, but they're still having a lot of success. And I thought Mahomes played a perfect game. He was on fire. He made so many incredible throws that were just like... He's back. I don't want to say vintage Mahomes because he hasn't been in the league that long, but the throws really fell in love with the first couple of seasons and that Super Bowl win... I mean, he, he just played incredible. And then the Chiefs were actually committed to the run a little bit. In the second half, they were up to, like you said, they got Elaire going. Pacheco looks looks amazing, too. So they were able to kind of run the ball, too, and, and not just pass, pass, pass. Um, the game started out for the Bucks so terribly because they get the ball to start, so the Chiefs are going to get the ball coming out of halftime. And on the return, they fumble it immediately. Tom Brady's halfway onto the field. This man is 45. Oh, turn around. 45, trying to play, going through a divorce. He's like, all right, let me let me get in here and start this game. And he has to take this walk of shame back because his return to fumble the ball. Horrible. She, she scored immediately, and that, I mean, the momentum was gone. Tone setter. Yeah, the momentum was gone. The Chiefs took, took control three seconds into the game and never looked back. And I was impressed with how Brady played. He was able to save some drives, put up some points, try to get them back into it, but the Chiefs' defense just did whatever they want, wanted against the, the Buccaneers completely flipped from what happened in that Super Bowl game. Brady had a monster performance. I know you were kind of watching the over-under passing totals pretty closely for both quarterbacks. He throws for 385 yards, gets to almost 400 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 39 of 52, just a monster game. Mahomes, like you said, also really good. But Mahomes didn't go over his passing yards, did he? Uh, he he ended on the passing and rushing combination. He was under, but, but not not for the combo. Just his passing yards. Yeah, passing yards he went under by he a little bit. I just wanted to, I just wanted to say this. Yeah, pa- go ahead, go ahead. His passing rushing line went under by point five. Oh, sometimes got, sometimes yeah. these lines are so sharp. It went under by point five in, in the game. But that's the thing, right? Edwards Hilaire gets to almost a hundred rushing yards on nineteen carries. Mahomes also himself, like you said adds a good chunk on the ground they're starting to let them run and so this has to inform how we have to bet that Patrick Mahomes passing numbers of course he's throwing touchdowns left and right gets to three in this game the over touchdowns will not be a problem but his yards 
and completions. You might want to look at that. Only 23 completions for just shy of 250 on his yards. So keep that in mind. Yeah, and, and, and Kelsey, I took the over on, on Kelsey as well, and he, he went way over. I mean, yep. with, with, with Hill gone, uh, this is his guy. And, and you is. know, teams know it's coming, but they still find a way to get him open. And Kelsey, once he gets the ball in his hands, the way, way he runs after the catch is just, I've never seen anything, anything like it for, for a tight end. So that's so impressive. Um, but What about Tony Gonzalez? Gonzalez? I mean, he's, he's great too. I like Gonzalez, but Kelsey, he's built different the way he runs after the catch. I saw Tony G do it. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Buccaneers, um, like you said, crazy numbers for Brady. A lot of that is because they ran the ball six times for three yards. Yep, which is pretty pretty remarkable, and that's just the way this game went. They were they were down in the game and just chasing chasing from behind the entire time. So it was just throw 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 throw. Rams lose to the 49ers nine to twenty four. The 49ers new and improved with Jimmy G returning. Uh, making everyone look dumb in 49ers land, who was a Trey Lance believer. They get it done. They look great. And they win 24-9. to But I think this game says more about the Rams. 49ers, obviously, with Jimmy G, are a very solid football team. Rams, though, seem to be really, really deep in this Super Bowl hangover. You think Sean McVay is, is on the hot seat after coming off a Super Bowl ring? I don't know. I, th- I think Rams are a tough team to figure out. I mean, I think they're really hurting not having someone to go op- opposite from Cooper Cup. I mean, they, they need they need better uh, protection first and foremost. Uh, Don't boom is struggling. They really need they really need a guy like Whitworth that can hold up just a little bit for, for Matthew Stafford, give some time for these, these routes to develop. But I mean, just the the rhythm there with Allen Robinson. Basically everyone else besides Higby and, and Cup, it's just the symmetry is not there. And on top of that, when you don't give your quarterback time, you're going to struggle. It, it's it's tough as Rams' offense to, to find anything. Um, you know, they're, they don't really know who their number one running back is. They can't establish the run. They just very limited on offense. They have to rely on a lot of the playmaking ability of Cup and Stafford. And the Niners just absolutely teed off on them. I mean, they yeah. were living in the backfield all night long. Nick Bosa with two sacks and nine hurries. Nine hurries is ridiculous. I mean, Nick Bosa looking like potentially the defensive player of the year. But the Niners feasted, controlled the game, blew up the offensive line, ran the ball effectively. Debo Samuel had an amazing night, a big uh, touchdown reception on the screen. I mean, so the Niners, I mean, Jimmy G plays like this, doesn't turn the ball over. The defense plays plays like the best defense in the NFL. I think the Niners are Super Bowl contenders. Mm, that's bold. I don't know if it is bold. You want to hear my take? Rams would be better off if they still had Todd Gurley. All right, moving on. Dog, Gurley was not was not very good when he when he went out of the league. <laughs> I'm not he gonna had, give it had, up. He had his time. I'm not gonna give it up. Our Thursday night game this week: Colts visiting Denver. The Broncos are laying three and a half at home to Indianapolis. Matt Ryan on the road with the Colts. What are we doing here? Who are we betting? Both teams are very, very disappointing, I feel like. You're a Colts apologist, and I know you're going to get into it, but see some reason here, though. See some reason, please. I'm begging you for the goalpost gambling podcast sake. I don't really want to play this. Uh, It's an awful game. Maybe I'll play the Broncos if it goes to minus three. Not three and a half, though. I mean, the Broncos, I don't know if they're capable of winning a game 
by um by more than three points against anyone that's not named the Houston Texans. It feels like every week, every week feels like okay. Now Russell Wilson and the Broncos are going to get going. This is the game where they're going to turn it on. He's going to have three touchdowns, fifty rush yards, whatever it is, and they're going to look good. And it's not. They've played some of the worst teams in the league and have not been able to do it. It's it's not coming. It's just not coming. This is who they are. They are a firmly 500 team at best. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I don't think they're very well coached. I don't know about Hackett. And I think Russell Wilson, I mean, I don't think we're going to see him flip a switch and all of a sudden turn back into 2012 Russell Wilson. I mean, we have the data. He plays exactly the same he did in a last season with Seattle. Uh, same Seattle team that Geno Smith is having success with now and scoring 48 points. And it shows you he had better personnel in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, I mean, uh, I just, I, I don't love watching this team. I don't I don't really want to bet on them. Um, I, I think in this game, I, I would take the, the, the Broncos to win. And like I said, maybe play it if it's three, maybe buy it down to two and a half. Um, the, the Colts, just the, the protection, the line hasn't been very good. They can't, they can't get the run game going. They need to get the run game going to establish uh, the offense and give Matt Ryan time, but they can't do it. I mean, 20 rushes for 42 yards this past week is just not good enough. Jonathan Taylor isn't even playing this week in this game, so the Colts will be limited mostly to the the pass. Um, be a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan behind the line that's been shaky. I think the Broncos are better better on both uh, the lines on both sides, offensive and defensive. So I give the edge to the Broncos in this game. Both about their running backs. It's it's, I mean, it's a Thursday night game. Anything can happen as we've seen this season. Sure. These, these games have been a little wacky. I think maybe, I know you're, I know it's crazy. Maybe just maybe, you play the over in this game. Really, it's forty two. Really, and it's forty two, and everyone, everyone in the world is saying bet the under, bet the under, bet the under. I was about to say there's, just there's that. So, there's so much money on the under. 90%, about, I think it's about 90% of the money's on the under. People are taking it and running with it. Everyone is putting it into their parlay. I mean, so if it hits, I mean, the whole well, the whole world is going to cash out, but it seems like the sports books usually win. And I, uh, last time when the, when the Cowboys played the Giants, there was a ton of money on the Giants and this, this kind of same number. And Cowboys end up winning. It feels like a trend. Whenever you get to like eighty plus percent on one thing, it seems to go the other way. I don't know. Conspiracy. I don't, I don't know how it happens. But I mean, Thursday night games are kind of wacky sometimes. So I think maybe this this over forty two hits, and no one else was gonna is gonna tell you to play that. But that's that's kind of my feeling. Uh, do you want you my do you want my player props or you got anything for this game? Okay, so if you buy down here and you get the Broncos minus two and a half, it's only minus one forty four. Yeah, I mean, which is really not that, that bad. You can That's play that. playable. Yeah, I think they should win this game by a field goal, but at the same time, I'll be disappointed but not shocked if they end up losing by three or ten to the Colts. I don't think the Colts are very good. I think their one win against um, the Chiefs was a fluke, but maybe they beat another team from that division, and maybe they take out the Broncos here. I I really don't know. I don't love betting this one. I would probably buy down that and go ahead and grab it. I'm interested in your your conspiracy here and and taking the over. My gut's telling me it's got to be the under though. And is that maybe, your gut or is that just because it's the most the most obvious thing in the world? Of I course, mean, it's yeah. going to go under, right? There's no way it doesn't, right? Yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying. But I, I see what you're saying. I mean, 
even in the last game they lost pretty pretty decidedly but Russ still had two touchdowns so maybe we see something happen here I I don't love anything here I really don't what about some player props? Maybe you can convince me on some player props. All right, let's go. Because let's go. Sometimes, if you don't feel like playing a, a game, a spread, a money line, over under, whatever it is on the game, there's always player props hanging out there for for you to enjoy, and that's my favorite thing. So I think in this game, the two I want to highlight is first of all, I want to highlight Matt Ryan's completions. Oh yeah, nineteen and a half on DraftKings. 19 half half is, is is really great. I've seen a lot at 20 and a half. So if you can get 19 half, I would play it. Um, I, I'll play it at 20 and a half as well. Um, in this game, like I said a little bit earlier, he's going to be without Jonathan Taylor. Naheem mm. Hines, Naheem Hines is going to be in the offense a lot more, and he's a back that that uh, flourishes a little bit more in the passing game. They're not going to run the ball 20 times like they did last week with, with Taylor out. So I think this this game is, is going to be a lot of passing for Matt Ryan. Even if this is screens, quick completions, I think the ball is going to be out of his hands and he's going to be completing passes. And it might even be in a losing effort, but we don't care. We just need him to get over 19.5 or 20.5 in this game. If they get down to a deficit early, it's probably even better for us. So I like playing that 19.5 over 19.5 uh, completions. On the other side with the Denver Broncos, I'm how about uh, how about Hines? His over under rush yards is thirty six and a half. Would you go over or under on under that? under? Yeah, yeah, under. That might be another good one to look at. That's only minus one twenty. Sure, yeah, that's not bad either. Yeah, let's throw that one in there. Okay, move on. I'm sorry. Well, you, you know, hold on. You can throw that in there, and your okay. locks. I'm I got, throwing that. That's your I'm lock. Not I got, okay. I'm not locking it. Okay, these are my two locks. Oh my god. Okay, here we'll do the sound. Go ahead. Okay, lock it up. Okay. On the other side of this game with the Denver Broncos, I'm going to take a player prop on Melvin Gordon, who is coming into this game replacing Javante Williams. He should get a lot more action. Last week, he did not play very much at all. But like his coach just recently said, he's really going to have to step up in absence of Williams. And his uh, receiving prop is 12 and a half. Pretty low. So I'm taking Melvin Gordon over 12 and a half receiving yards in this game. The Colts have allowed five different running backs to go over that that line in uh, four, the first four games of this season. So they've allowed running backs to, to catch balls and towards the middle of the field or on screens. They've allowed some yardage to the running backs in the receiving game. I think Gordon is just going to be on the field a lot more in general. They might try to get him out on some on some quick passes. Um, if they're not just going to run the ball with him over and over again. So I think just Gordon being on the field a little bit more gives us a good opportunity to go over this line. So Gordon over 12 and a half receiving yards. That is my second lock for this game. Mm, I like it. I like it. I think uh, I might have a lock here, but it might be might be very obvious. Mo Alley Cox is a huge target, and he's an awesome receiver that's That Matt Ryan has at his disposal. Actually, I'm going to change course on this one. It's too crazy. The over here is one and a half, which is like, of course, he should do it, but it's minus 190. The the yep. juice there is just yeah yeah. Same thing with uh, Paris Campbell. He did only have one catch against the Bucks. Plus 145 on the under. Maybe that's worth a little sprinkle. 
Maybe so. See if they blanket him, make him throw somewhere else. I don't know. That is a that is a tough one right there. So in in, in the uh, was it summarization or summarization? Summarization. In summarization, we believe the Broncos will be able to dominate this game in the trenches. They should win. Could be close. Look at the passing props for the Colts because they they'll have to throw the ball a lot and could be down this game. Yeah, I I agree. Might look at the Russell Wilson too. He had like twenty something rush yards last time. At the I'm end. not betting Russell Wilson. Not once this season. Twelve, 12 and a half. Over no. twelve and a half. No. He's got that. No, not once He's a season. That. Not once a season. You will catch me betting Russell Wilson. That oh is not going to happen. Here's a nice one though. Quitty Pay plus one seventy to go over point seventy five sacks. He might get there. He could. He might get there. He could. Let's see Quitty. I don't know, but who's to uh, who's to say? Not any firm locks for me. You've got your two. I like uh, I like buying the little value on the Broncos minus two and a half. Like you said, they should win in the trenches. Hell, they might win by a touchdown here, but it could be a disappointing game. They have been disappointing us all season. Like I said, I don't think the game is coming where they prove us wrong and Russ has an, an awesome performance and. We just all go, okay, the Broncos are what we thought they were in the offseason when we were reading the NFL preview magazines. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think both these teams have been kind of disappointing, a lot worse than fans believe that they could be. Let's see if your conspiracy hits. Let's see if the over in the game happens and we see some fireworks. Yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited. You never know. Hey, and, and, you know, if this game is not your cup of tea on Thursday Night Football, Broncos and Colts, I get it. Don't, don't worry. Don't 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 worry. Don't worry, guys. Next week we got the Bears and Commanders, so yep. you're you're good. The the Thursday night slate is always always packed. Justin's wearing his a house divided cannot stand shirt, with half of it being a Bears graphic and the other half being a Commanders graphic. This is gonna be a tough one for him personally. Can we, can we play the Commanders theme for the outro? Uh, no, actually we cannot. We don't have access to that. You got your left hand up. The uh. Commander's outro, I think, is just somebody screaming and crying, right? No, I mean, we're, I mean, oh, I mean, the Commander's fans, you know, they're apathetic at this point. I mean, they they know what the deal is. They don't even have tears to cry. No, they're not even uh, in the game. They're not even, oh, the they're game. Not even they're, there. Yeah, the, the stadium. No, no one shows up. No Commander's fans show up for the game. It's always okay. visiting fans. What percentage of Washington fans do you think know the starting quarterback is Carson Wentz? How many of them believe that it's Taylor Heineke? How many of them believe that it's Rex Grossman? No, I mean, like, I think I think the fans are talking about they're apathetic. Like, they know the team. They, they follow it. It's just, like, uh, their expectations are so low. It's like, they don't care. Like, it's like, yeah. It, it's tough, though, meeting some fans that have, like, not updated their roster since Madden 12. Yeah, I know. That's that's hardcore. Jaguars still got MJD on there? Hey, uh, Paul Pelosny, what's his over-unders? I, he's He's got it. He's got the tackles in the bag. We have a, another episode coming out here. Should be up around the same time. Breakdown for all of Sunday's games. Just finished our recap on last week and then our picks and predictions for this Thursday. Go ahead and check out the other episode. And while you're at it, drop us a like and a follow on Twitter. Goalpost Gambling, no O and post. We are on there to make real, real-time plays. Uh, for a lot of college and professional games. 
So follow us on there to stay up to the minute, see what we're betting and how it's working or not working. Until next time, we will see you guys back here. Final message. Final message. Is bet responsibly. Try to take your emotion out of it. this shit again. Appreciate your kickers. Appreciate your special teams players. this shit again, man. And, and do not run on the football fields. Don't. Okay, okay. That's valid. That's fine.